Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out That's a good Zinfandel right there. You're drinking white. You're drinking white Zen. No, no Zen, red. <laughs> oh well, you said Zen. I mean, Zen can be white or red. I assumed white. Well, I feel like if you say if you're drinking white Zinfandel, you say white Zinfandel. Like if it's just Zen. And, and white <laughs> Zinfandel is actually pink, right? <laughs> yeah. My brother's wife, Kristen, her her favorite is Behringer's White Zinfandel. Anytime she comes to town, my mom makes sure there's a big old bottle of... Oh, I know that big bottle of Behringer's. Super cheap, but she loves it. She just puts it in a solo cup with some ice and... It's definitely just like sweet, like summer, like hanging out. Yeah, it's Kool-Aid. It's alcoholic Kool-Aid. Yeah. When uh, When I was in Spain, for some reason, everybody was drinking Malibu rum and pineapple juice, and I was at the grocery store last night and i was like i need i don't what i want i don't want liquor i want, I want fucking malibu rum and pineapple juice hey <laughs> man i mean so every tasty. once in a while i'm down feels like you're drinking suntan lotion with alcohol in it <laughs> <laughs> gotta add a little um, cocoa uh in there <laughs> to my insides say, <laughs> my favorite new um just light beer easy drinking beer for some reason i love i've been buying peroni a lot it's not bad Probably That's Italian, right? It's Italian. Yeah. I think I just like the the branding, the bottle. The it's just easy drinking. It's it's not it's not delicious. Anytime I think of a Peroni, I think of this time I was at uh, this Troubadour, watching. I think Sturgill Simpson actually. Were we there? Oh, nice. Yeah. Did we say that again? I was with you. I was with you. You may not remember, but I do, Jonathan. I think oh, okay. about it often. <laughs> well, I, I just assumed. But I went next door to Dan Tana's and uh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was yes. dressed like I was ready to pump somebody's fucking gas, right? I mean, I clearly, I was wearing a jean jacket if I could truck her hat, just like well, it's Sturgill Simpson, right? I'm pretty sure they've seen that at Dantana's. Right, but Dantana's is weird, though, because it's like kind of, it's old school, like Hollywood, but it's also dated as fuck, so it's oh, kind yeah. of like whatever. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's the uh, Lion Eyes was based on that bar by the Eagles. Because uh-huh. uh, well, all the chicks would be in there, like, trying to find, you know, yeah. rich, older men, whatever. So anyway, so I went in and I was hungry and I was like, hey man, do you guys have a, I knew, I knew they had a Caesar because Italians always do, uh, Italian restaurants always do. And I was like, uh, let me get Caesar. And I was like, can, can you sh- like chicken with that? You know, the guy, was, and then he looked at me and, and he was right on the border between being a dick and being a buddy. And he was just right on the fucking border. But the fact he said it across the bar, he was like, you realize that's going to be about 18 bucks, don't you? And it was right on the fucking border. Right on the border. And I was like, I love it though. It's a double-edged I, sword. The, the fact that he said it because it is kind of condescending. A little, little condescending. Oh, because of what you were wearing, yes. yeah. Because of what I was wearing. Because I was dressed like I didn't have any fucking money. Well, I but, feel like it. I feel like maybe yeah, that was probably the case. But it's also kind of a. I would appreciate it if if it was eighteen dollars. I'd be like, never mind. I'm very, so gar- this is some garlic bread, please. <laughs> I, I love it. This is. I love how like much we have in common. How long we don't it, and how different we are. Because I went the other route. I was like, oh, no problem. In that case, let me have that. And uh, I think, and Joe was with me. I was like, let me get a shrimp cocktail. Let me get 
I think like two Johnny Walker Blacks and I assume you have Peroni. <laughs> and he was like, oh. yeah. We, and, and I probably had about 80 bucks. And I probably spent $79 just to say fuck you to this guy. Yeah, I was about to say, then you walked out to your car and like kicked it. And, like, and, 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 and I tipped him good just to be like, fuck you. Oh, God. Don't be kind well, to you me. Said you said he was on the borderline of being a buddy and an asshole, but like, then you just went full fucking revenge yeah. mode. But the revenge was, I'm going to order and I'm going to tip you. And I still tipped him well. But I was just like, mind who you're talking to, son. <laughs> I would have just been like, never mind then. Just give me a Budweiser. I know you would have, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I never had any doubt that you would have handled that entirely differently than me. <laughs> uh, speaking speaking of Italy, what what do you guys think about a good uh, a good falsetto or a bad falsetto or falsetto in general? One of my favorite artists uses it uses it a lot. Neil Young is almost constantly in falsetto. I mean, just a lot of his stuff is so high up and just kind of the way he winds through his songs, but in such a beautiful way. That's, I dig it. That's funny. I I never think of him singing in a falsetto when I think of him, but because he right. never doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all, whenever I sing his songs and stuff, it it is always like. Ah. I mean, yeah, you always do, but it's not like as hot like when you try to sing like him it's not as high as say like uh smoky robinson or somebody like that where it's just no. like it's it's a unique falsetto but it is it's a um, different take on the falsetto yeah, yeah it's a it, it's a cool tool to have in the toolbox tom york does it really well he you know like at the end of creep he's yeah. all like, he's all and he drifts very well um and just for folks who aren't clear falsetto is that kind of high whiny versus like somebody like Robert Plant who's belting and they're singing high, but it's a belt. It's a full on chest voice. And there's he kind of, the beginning of immigrant song, he goes in and do a little bit of a falsetto there. It's a high belty. And I tell you, so I, I'll show you, I'll give you an example. The, the guy, when I think of falsetto, the first person I think of that was fucking Frankie Valley. Cause that shit's huh. ridiculous. And it's so, it's kind of obnoxious, but it's so strong. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so, it's like, it almost, it's almost feels like a belt, but it's crazy falsetto. It, yeah, I mean, I would have to go with with Aaron Neville. Like, if I think of falsetto, that's probably the first thing I think about when I think of a falsetto, just because hearing him as a, he just sang so differently than everybody I heard growing up, and I heard a lot of him. Uh, what was the song? It's just he when had? you compare his Every, everybody <laughs> his plays his look. Much. I just love his look. He's yeah. like no sleeves and a motorcycle Muscle jacket, tight and shirts, big. and that giant mole. <laughs> he comes up there and he's yeah. like singing super. Were you high. talking about? I don't know much, Josh. Yeah, yeah. But oh, I know what. No, no, I was, I was actually talking. Every everybody plays the fool. That's a good song. I don't know much. Is also he does that with uh, Linda Ronstadt, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh my God! Look, look at this. You, you are drinking a Zinfandel, aren't you? I would say a questionable <laughs> One of those use. Nights. A questionable use of falsetto is emotional rescue. I don't know how much. <laughs> I, like I like it's it's yeah. like it's fun, but you know. If it comes on, I'm not gonna put it on any kind of mix or like actually put it on. Like if it if it comes on, great. But yeah, you don't need to put on. If you walked over and fiddled with the fucking you know computer and then emotional rescue came on, I'd be like, I did not expect that. Yeah, there would be I'll times where I'd, I might go to a jukebox and put it on just for the novelty of it. Like in the middle of like four or five, so I couldn't do that. Yeah, the, you're not gonna start. He has, a, he has a good one and miss you. He has a good one and waiting on a friend too. The beginning of that. That yes, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, also, speaking of Miss You and kind of disco, I mean, the Bee Gees, Barry Gibb had a pretty insane falsetto there. They do it, it's so weird. Like, that's why that's the mixed 
fucking double-edged sword that the Bee Gees are because it's like how deep is your love? It's like, dude, just fucking sing, like sing. But when he goes up, when he, ha ha, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, that's straight yeah. on falsetto. It's a you thing. Know, what, so, question: Is Michael McDonald a falsetto? Yes, right. I don't think so. Okay, it's just okay. Michael McDonald. Is that or is that just how when he sounds? When he's singing like this, no, I mean that's like no, that's oh, not falsetto. But but if you sing like that, you're going up. Like if you try to sing like that, you're, okay. I mean, that's really high <laughs> what he's doing. Like, well, that I, might, I, I, I'm going to lean falsetto for Michael McDonald. Maybe parts of it, if he goes high enough, but like the the bulk of it, I don't, I wouldn't say. Now, the coolest use of it is like the way Sam Cooke will float in it and then out of it. Yes. That's well, so nasty. The, cause the good gospel it, singers, when they uh, do it, is that's exceptional. Like, that's definitely super cool. Al Green kind of does it sometimes very yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Also. Mm-hmm. Now... Michael Jackson, is that a falsetto or just a strange way of singing? The um, hee-hees and the... And the well, it depends which... Like, I'd say it's the same as Michael McDonald. All the Michaels just have their own... They're just in their own world. They're driving in their own lane. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, you know... And Smokey Robinson's... Uh, see, like, I'm not sure. He, I think he's just like... some. He, now, he definitely can get up there, take a good look at you know, my face, the smile... He be- he gets that high, felty falsetto is really sweet. But then lot, he just sings very breathy too. And I think a lot of times the Bee Gees, even when they're singing lower, they sing very. It's like breathy, and it's like, dude, it's just <laughs> yeah, so yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it's supposed to be though. It's supposed to be like, what's up? <laughs> That's not what it is though. <laughs> it's full falsetto. What's up? Like, <laughs> what is up? What is up? Uh, <laughs> it's like beside your um, fucking voice. <laughs> and on that note. You were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you, and we are talking about falsettos because this week we are talking about My Morning Jacket's 2005 song Gideon from their album Z. I bought Z when it came out in 2005, just out of college. Uh, Pretty sure I had just moved back to Mississippi and was waiting tables. And it's one of my three favorite albums of that decade. Maybe, probably my favorite. I don't think there's a bad song on it. And I think Gideon specifically is a great song to introduce anyone who hasn't heard uh, the album to what it's, you know, what it sounds like. Allow myself to introduce myself. and, And vocally. Yes, exactly. Jonathan, you get it. This tune shoots for the epic, and I like that, like sonically and subject matter, and in this case, I think it scores. I also love a good payoff in a song, and this this fucking song does it. It does the damn thing, as as people say. It it stirs emotion in your gut. It makes you feel something, and that's what really good shit is supposed to do. Shall I say it makes you feel closer to God after you've listened to it? No, you should not say that. That's a bold statement, my friend. It's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's good music. The guy, you know, good voice. It's, it's produced well. It just doesn't feel like a, a completed song to me. It feels like an idea that, they just kind of make some small changes to, but they never really turn it into a whole song. It's just the guitar part never changes. There, there are technically different sections, but they're not a big. There's not much difference between them. It feels like theme music. Whereas if you were watching something else while I was listening to this, it'd be good. 
it by itself it's there's not enough development to hold my attention it sounds like a song you two started writing and just never finished it's, huh. it's good i mean it's good it's they're, they're talented guys it's a good sound but it just feels underdeveloped I, I think it's a full song. I think it's a full experience. Do you need a chord change? Do you need the guitar player to play something different to complete a song? If they're playing that part, I do. No, I just need the dynamics and the the loud vocal, like just very primal vocals. Like this is definitely a full song. Like Josh said, it's a great introduction to this band. Like this is one of the songs that like really, I after I heard this, I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm in on this band. I do agree with you, Jonathan, that it is it's it's more music and an experience than a song, but I don't think you can say it's not complete. It is a complete thought. It is a complete creative experience. I love how it just it's it builds and builds and it has a, has a lot of dynamics and he's making a lot of big ambiguous statements. They're very they seem very important. You don't know exactly what he's talking about, but you get the what, what are you laughing at? I just don't know if something can be important and ambiguous. I don't think. Yeah, of course I think it can. I think that's an oxymoron. No, not at all. That, <laughs> like, look them up in the dictionary. Just to wrap it up, I mean, it starts very sweet. I love how just the music is so sweet, but then it, it does have some bite in the middle. Just the, it builds to such a, a sweet moment. So I don't disagree with you that it's good. To me, it'd be a phenomenal song in a commercial. I think there's 30 seconds of greatness, and I feel like there's three minutes of pretty goodness it's more of a build dynamically than you know just something that's super complex if the drummer kicked it in the gear later on but he never does he just but keeps why do they it. have to change for you because what they're doing is not sustaining my interest fundamentally if it was um, they wouldn't i wouldn't mind it some bands well, do you're, that. you're just not into so dynamics you don't think there's a payoff to the build nope not enough. The, the big come on no i thought you have a good singer who likes to belt and a lot of good singers just like to sing loud and belt and I feel like that there's not a whole lot of melody. He's just kind of having fun with his good voice. And it sounds good, but I feel like he's so reaching you, for something he's not getting. For me. Do you, li- do you I, like the song In the Air Tonight? By Phil Collins? Yeah. Yeah, there's a change. The drums change. Everybody's favorite part. This song doesn't have that. Well, that that's the payoff to like a, a long build. Well, it definitely changes. It, it, cha- it, it, it starts up. Boom, 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 boom. And then it, it, it's... It, Definitely changes. Well, but accents always the same. It's always don't don't give me a Phil Collins drum fill and say that like no. Listen, Phil Collins starts with no drums. There's a drum fill and then there's a drum beat. With this one, it's always the whole song is da 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 da. No, the beginning is boom. But it's that same rhythm though. It's the same rhythm scheme. Right from the yes, yes, yes. It's the same rhythm scheme the whole time. They don't change the rhythm, but it's only what is it three minutes long? Like yeah, it's it's a it's a short. All they do is get louder. That's all. They don't have a, another part. No, there's a lot of dynamics and attitude. Synth, and, is, synth and organ are added. There's a piano part. And that's it, why it, I well, say it sounds good. It really good. just builds up to loud, and then it just kind of fades right, out. That's all, exactly another, what I said. All it does is get louder. That's it. And then to be clear, mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea. I just think it could be developed more. It feels incomplete. I, 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 mean, don't, I, I think fair. anything I'm, else added to it would just be, yeah, oh, we, we need something to put in here. Like, it doesn't need it. Like, I think you're completely wrong on that sentiment. This is, I mean, well, that's just where we're different. So our, our fundamental difference here is that it sustains your interest over the course of it. And you feel like it pays off. I don't. I would, I would take what Jim James is doing in this song over any change or drums or bridge or like the way he's using his voice and the way the guitars yeah. are coming in compressed and just uh, the guitars are almost like percussive the way they're like, boom, boom, 
like there's yeah, just, the, the song is all really... about that riff and his vocal. It, but, that that is what you're supposed to. That's what you're is supposed to be featured. That is what builds really. Right. And I get your belting thing, but like okay, like as I was always saying, like as we said with Pink Floyd, they start good, get great, and do something you can't imagine. This starts good and gets a bit better. I like this. The thing is, the reason why I point this out because I like what they've built. They just seem to let it melt away like a castle, like a sandcastle, instead of channeling it somewhere. And that's just my take on it. I think that has more to do with the writing of the song because the the, the writing of the song is somewhat the the lyrical content is somewhat abstract. So it it is a it is a what does this remind you of? Come on, it's almost like a plea, and then it's open ended, and you're just kind of spiraling out with that guitar riff and then that other little it's it's almost like it's almost like the Wayne's World thing it's like you're going out of this little dream you were in for example pay as you go your song the beginning of it has a feel somewhat like this but then it changes and i like that song more than this song well thank you so that's my point is that like this yeah. is a good this is a good theme i feel like there's a lot of good energy built but he side note he's referencing a song called pay as you go which is on an album by for the kings which is the band who does the intro version it's us uh, the intro song for this pod it is us <laughs> yes are you so in the it's us pro- you are in it's called pay as you go if you can find it on spotify blah 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 there used to be this Kids band um, no one knows what happened to them now jonathan i hear what you're saying but i think they achieve that through dynamics and through the vocal exploration it's more about the build it's three minutes, and they're like, we're just going to go for it. We're going to take this one concept and go for it. And I think, in a way, it is very complete. You know, they, they just said, let's just build it and build it, and then drop off. Wait, we don't have to debate it. It's fine. I mean, I'm just saying, difference, I think it's good. It just doesn't sustain my interest. I'm just kind of like... Yeah. Oh, and, and, that's, and that's fair. So, so but, but let's, let's just kind of move over into... So, I think the structure... I mean, my, my, my favorite part of the song is the... Is the payoff? Is a come oh, oh. and sure you can look at that as if he's belting, but I think it, you have to kind of look at it in terms of the build. I feel like is more for the the subject matter at hand. Like Neil, you said it's ambiguous. I don't know how ambiguous it is. It's basically it's about religion. So it's like the song to me, yes. the the lyric and the vocal is a is a build up of frustration about religion. Possibly, I mean, this came out in 2005, so it could have something to do with, like, you know, Bush and Iraq and all that shit. But, you know, religion he specifically calls out here, and Gideon is a biblical organization that's, that spreads the word of Christ or, or Christianity or whatever. Uh, with the Bibles in the hotel rooms. With the Bibles in the hotels. Not the hourly ones, yeah. just the fucking nice ones, the fancy ones. <laughs> it's, so it's, here's it's, my thing. The payoff build would be bigger if he he's but he's belting the whole time prior to that. Every time he sings, he's belting. No, 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 no. It's about everything is. Well, not yeah. not the da da. Those, those little parts. Oh, not the verses. <laughs> those aren't yeah, verses. So. Da, 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 those aren't verses. It's all the same note. He just keeps singing the same note, Pelty. 
Yes, I mean it's just the same chords over and over right. again. But it, but that that come on is a belt. The other stuff is just it's him singing. It's all belty. It's all belty. Well, I just said it. My favorite part is listen, listen, listen. Right, that's the belt. That's where he starts belting, and it's God. He he just growls that shit out. Says, so the good. first time he says "get in," it's a belt. No, yeah, that's yeah. more of a like. It's a belt. No, it's not. It's it's Gideon. I mean, it's almost like a a a, a, a praise Hosanna thing. It's like Gideon, like with light shining what, what down. Was whatever praise Hosanna. Like I don't know what you're talking about. about. I'm just curious what the fuck that means. What does praise Hosanna like, mean? In, like it's like like when the when you see the visions of the angels, like in the light shining on. Who's them. Hosanna? Uh, I don't know. You've never heard that praise Hosanna? No. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a Jesus thing. <laughs> And so I think, I think, don't quote me on that. I know your scientific thing about things. I'm not saying that with 100% confidence. (laughs) There are other variables there. I don't care that you don't like it. I mean, I think it's more of, I don't care that it doesn't, like that you think he's belting the whole time. I just think there are definitely differences in how his intonations are up until, listen. Listen. So, I feel like he, the way he's singing and what he's singing, he doesn't give himself a lot of headroom because he starts kind of big and he gets a little bigger. But I mean, look at like look at the song we talked about a couple weeks ago. You know, comfortably numb. It's all like hello. Then there is no pain and that contrast. Like I dig this is this like I, said, I dig the energy, but I think there's about a forty-five seconds to a minute of good build. I mean, I look at it almost like. If you're talking about the vocal, you kind of have to talk about what he's singing with it because I think he does a good job of when he comes in with a Gideon, there's also like a, some kind of synth or organ that comes in with him. And it almost makes it sound like God is it, like he's trying to go for a God effect there. And I think that's and, and I agree with you. And so and he's trying to go for something. And I to feel go like for he's not like I am God. And, and, and his vocal does kind of sound like that. It's like haunting. It's almost like echoing. You know, it's very reverby and falsetto y. That's what he does. And, you know, what he's talking about here is, you know, Gideon, what have you told us at all? Make a sound, come down off the wall. Like, you religious figure, I mean, Gideon's also a story in the Bible. I mean, this is just, religion should appeal to the hearts of the young. Who are you? What have you become? Animal, come on. Like, how can you believe this shit? It's a little playful in that sense, too, if he's going for the God effect. But then when he gets into the listen, it gets a little more serious. And that's when he kind of ups the the Annie with his vocal. And that's when also the rest of the music kind of in those big guitar strums come in. Most of us believe that this is wrong. Yeah. So, So, I mean, and it's not, I don't really think it's ambiguous, Neil. I mean, I think it's, well, listen, it's a little abstract. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's completely ambiguous. I'm just saying you can take what you want. It's not like a clear story. You know, there is, if you look into it and you really dissect the lyrics, there is, but not on face value. You know, it's just, it just sounds kind of like a, a nice song. The words I can make out, they sound cool, and I and I definitely go and I definitely go with the. I, and actually, I do. And I I didn't mean to snicker or anything, Neil, because I do know what you mean. Where it sounds vaguely significant, like where it's like you don't really know what it means, but it does feel profound. So I, yeah, I do know no, what you mean. Yeah, there. I think it's powerful. It's powerful, even if you don't like. And that's I think right, what they're going for. And it's powerful for. for me for about a minute. Okay. And then there's, and that's what I'm saying. It'd be a phenomenal. 60 second spot commercial fucking song but that being said the vocals are good they're definitely strong i just think they, it's like bono but bono they always go somewhere 
a couple of places you didn't expect is better than what you would have done. They just these guys. It, it feels good. It feels it feels like a band practice, like a good band practice, and it feels like there's something there. I just don't think they've realized it yet. <laughs> cool. We all agree the vocal is good. Okay, yeah. whether we agree that it's belting or not is irrelevant. I would say my favorite line is, I love how he says like he's calling out these people as animals. It's almost like a slap in the face. And also, it, you could be read as self right, like being a little self righteous, like kind of looking yeah. at the people who, who who do believe in this stuff. Uh, but I just like how it's animal. Come on, what does this remind you of? Can you be this blind, Neil? What what is your favorite line? Um, well, the listen, listen, and even what comes after that. Most of us believe that this is wrong. It kind of puts a stamp on what he's trying to say about religion and in this song. Absolutely, that's definitely not ambiguous, Jonathan. <laughs> Um, my favorite line is actually the first word he says Gideon because like there's the I don't exactly know the context of it but there's the term like Gideon's trumpet mm-hmm. he's belting it like a trumpet yeah and that's very cool but he does it right out of the gates and and the guitar is cool but like for me that guitar repeat gets numb it just gets mm. where like god damn really like still on this like it's cool but it ain't fucking three and a half minutes worth cool so so you don't like the the continuous no, guitar riff it sounds like the beginning of a Coldplay song, but but it's very it has a lot in common with Thunderstruck. It's going on the whole time, like bum 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 bum. It's like we talked about in Thunderstruck. That that same line is going. It may be a little more like uh, sophisticated, but it's it's the same principle of just like dynamics and a lick and building around that lick. Yes, Thunderstruck. They take it. They they kind of open it up for the solo, but most of it is just. Boom, straight ahead, lick, lick. Let's play some chords over this lick. You scream over this lick, and then we'll make a song over it. No, it's not. No, 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 no. Yes, it is. This song starts and stops in the same place. Thunderstruck starts with a riff that goes one way, then it changes, and then it goes boom, 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 and there's all these breaks, and then there's down, down. There's like five sections of the song. Well, yeah, they, but, they do some different riffs as well in that song, but it, it, it just in terms of the song being based around one riff and the one that one riff being there throughout the entirety of the song. Yes, yeah, um, and I really like it. I like how it's so hypnotic. I love that it's just played throughout and everything builds around it. It disappears for a little bit in all that kind of chaotic yeah. stuff in the in what I've been calling the payoff, and <laughs> and then it kind of comes back in like when everything comes. The big down. payoff. The big payoff. Revenge. <laughs> Belting. <laughs> Songs that do this kind of stuff, and I can't think of any right offhand, but to do this kind of thing, usually what happens is if the songs sit on one chord, they're usually very rhythm-driven and, and rhythm-heavy. And that's why I was saying my f- if I was going to change one thing about the song, I would just change what the drummer's doing at some point. Because he has slight flourishes that are different, but it's always the whole time that never changes. Yeah. I don't know if it would work if he changed, though. Well, I like I just because what everything else is doing in there, they would also but, have to change. And I don't. Like, no, 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 no. It doesn't have to because they're out there all one. Oh, one. I mean, it could be. I mean, they could go somewhere with it. And I'm not saying you know, they're clearly doing fine. When they want to call me to produce their fucking record, I'll change it. Yeah, but well, for me, yeah, that's but, why. But that's why it loses. I must me, say, it just, musically it too, to you, Josh, this has a lot in common with Via Chicago. Not uh, lyrically, but just the song as a whole. It's just it's the way um, he's just playing, and, and Via Chicago is playing that lick the whole way through, and just playing 
his song and everything builds around it. It, it is a lot like that. Sure, but the production's yeah. a lot better in the song and the voc- the vocal is better. I think the production's better in Via Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume they came at this song with that riff and an idea about around Gideon and just kind of threw some some stuff there. See, I, I don't think, I would venture to guess that he came in with that da-da-da and the chord progression and then the guy just started arpeggiating it because I don't really think that's even a riff. That's I don't think it's a, I think that's just, he's just arpeggiating a chord. Like, I, mm-hmm. not to get particular, but I think he's just Yeah, that makes sense. The, You're probably yeah. right, yeah. Because it, um, it doesn't sound like a riff. Yeah, you come in with a da-da-da. Yeah, I mean, melodically, it's it's great. I mean, like, it's a really fun melody to to, to sing, to sit and sing. It, it's super simple. I mean, it's three chords. It's just one, four, five. See, for me, if at some point in this tune, they went down to just total fucking silence, or very, very minimal, and then blew the fucking doors off, it would hold me a lot more. I think the point of this song is to make it epic. You know, he's talking yes. about religion. He's talking about epic subject matter. And so I do love how they go for that in terms of just like an epic. We're just going to go at this real quick and do it. And that's and I, and I think that's exa- and I agree with you. And I think so. I think what it is, is I don't like someone trying to make something epic, especially with hints of self-righteousness. And there are hints there. So that that yeah, is absolutely And so when someone's fair. like, I'm trying to be epic and a bit self-righteous, it's like, oh, you just want people to listen to you shout, which is what I feel. No, like. but but I I dig it. I, I think it's but a when, bold when move. when you shout so pretty, when it's so pretty. You got a pretty mouth. <laughs> that Jim James got a pretty mouth. It's more of an experience than a song. It, it's very tribal, you know, the whole thing. It's just one beat, just all about dynamics. Just, but self-righteousness is very tribal as well. Just Yes, yes, it's fine. Know. Like... What would, where would our society be without self-righteousness? I don't know. Probably in a better place. Uh, <laughs> Are, you sure? Are you sure? I probably wouldn't be doing a podcast, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be of no value to anyone. That's all I got is my fucking high <laughs> sense of my fucking own opinion. It's my, it's my high horse. That's, <laughs> That's all, all I, I got. got. You take the horse got. away. Take away. I don't know what guys. to do on the ground. So <laughs> <laughs> It reminds me of, I was thinking Beatlesy with this song. Like, you know, just if, if I was going to say like a Beatle or, or, or Stones camp, just in general, big picture, like, who is this band? I feel like this is definitely of the, of the Beatles kind of vibe. Like, uh, it's not all we need is love, but it's like that on mm-hmm. stimulants. But it's also George Harrison. It makes me think of Wah Wah, which starts out with that Wah Wah. And it's kind of straight ahead, and it sits there. But then they get into the da 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 And then they have a da 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 They have sections. So it's funny you bring up Harrison because that's a huge influence on Jim James. Mm-hmm. And like he's his own record. He did a, a tribute EP under a different name. They cover Harrison tunes from All Things Must Pass. He said that's his favorite album. And the producer on this record oh. is the first time that he didn't produce the record. It's a guy named John Leckie who worked at Abbey Road early in his career, own All Things Must Pass, Metal, Wish You Were Here, and he was the producer for Radiohead's The Bends. So the Harrison stuff is true. And there are better examples of songs that he does exactly what you're talking about, where they just start off real big and then come down into like almost a different song and And, then go back up. And this may also suggest why there's these religious spiritual undertones, overtones, like Harrison. Absolutely. But I think Harrison 
was a little older, put a little more time into it. This feels like I want to go be George Harrison. Yeah, well, there you go. Jim James definitely he's a songwriter of the of this band, and their this is their fourth album, and their first three are pretty much like psychedelic southern rock kind of sound whereas this album hmm. they kind of moved more towards like a spiritual <laughs> uplifting like kind of sly in the like he also is big into sly in the family stone like he was kind of going moving towards that if you really love his vocal then it, this song is for his vocal like we're gonna build with his vocal we don't need to change let's not take anything away from his vocal and i think that's a big point of like what we we're arguing about the whole time is his voice is an instrument it's almost like a wailing guitar or it's it's the drum change you're looking for, Jonathan. Like if you listen to what, how he's using his voice and what he's saying, I think it's really effective. This is him trying to say something. Whether he is successful at doing that is up to the listener, obviously. And you could you could say this is kind of rock and roll lyrics, but I, I think it's a little, like you said, it's a little too self-righteous to just go there because he is trying to make a point. I think it, I think it works uh, to an extent. I love the restraint. Of course, it's it's just it's simple chords. It's one four five. They could have went to a minor chord anywhere, you know. They could have they could have thrown in a little a little pizzazz, a little music theory pizzazz <laughs> to to sparkle your fucking interest. But they didn't. <laughs> and also, there is no room for a minor because the content is so major. You know, it's so important what oh he's God. saying. It's got to be major. All right, let's move into vibe time here. <laughs> um. <laughs> It, we're not vibing yet, Neil. We're, I, I don't like how this is going. We're not vibing yet. No, but ironically, to me, it's see. That's the thing is, to me, it's totally self indulgent. He just wants mm. to be out there being preachy and belty. That's my thing. Is it's not restrained at all. You're projecting. And we're all everything is a projection. <laughs> but um, he's so not necessarily. That, but in saying that, though, no. he's not necessarily telling you what to think. He's Man, saying but he's wanting your attention and to give you some insights on this Gideon. What song doesn't want your attention? Any Nirvana song doesn't give a fuck if you hear it or not. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Whether Kurt said they did or not, of course they did. It's not. It's Why were not they a fucking band? Why did they sign it's a contract? Not, because they wanted to. Easy rest sustained counselor it, it, the motivations seem to be i want to be epic i want to be deep and i don't think you can i think those motivations are bullshit because what they really are is i want attention now that being said i'm not saying that's who he is i'm saying the doors were trying to be epic and deep that's all they did no they weren't trying to be epic and deep oh they just were oh and exactly. jim james is that's how all oh because yeah i mean of course Dude, okay you seem mad i don't know why i am mad. mad it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> i know okay. I, i'm well, at least i'm right about that okay so it's not completely self-righteous. It's not no, completely it's not. It's pay not. attention to me. It's I have a I have a voice. That's what this band is built around, and let's let's showcase so, it. I don't think that's necessarily here's a an cry adjective for that we can maybe agree on. Uh, more than I, I would say, I would say it's a bit ambitious. It's ambitious, Ab right? Absolutely. You know, what, uh, you know what this sounds like. If like fucking rock and roll and shit is gospel, this sounds like praise and worship music. They get somewhere and stays there, and it just goes to build. Yes. It's all, uh, so it feels Absolutely. like that. That's a great point, because his, his songwriting at this point, this is probably an early attempt for him to do something like this, because he continues doing it. And I would say on his solo album, Eternally Even, he kind of pulls it off to like a, a, a really great extent. But this is an early kind of him going for that. That's a great point. And, and you know who I, else I like reminds it. me of because of that? Reminds me of the band. Because and of he, that. He loves the band. So. There we go. Yeah. Who doesn't? Harrison and the band. It's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> and I think even more particularly, like, Josh, you showed me the, the Letterman version of them doing it for um, with the Boston Pops, the orchestra. Oh, yeah. 
and just oh, yeah. just a song that that lends itself to be done with an orchestra. I think you're on the right track. Like, of course, yeah, they they just kept they kept up in the ante of like let's make this more and more epic. And I think it culminated on that performance on Letterman, which was by and large, I like the live version better. Yes. I mean, I like them both, but by but by and oh. large, I would say the live in in general is better. Um, they, in general, they are a better live band. Then they are like they are and my, I can see my favorite. fun at this show. Yeah, but so, and I can see. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to going. It'd be fun, you know. Yeah. So so now that Jonathan's agreed to go to the next My Morning Jackson song with uh, show with us, and we're just vibing. Let's let's move into the vibe time of this of this podcast. Uh, cue the music in three, two, one. Hold on. <laughs> that sounds painful. Um, the that, Texas Vibrator Massacre. <laughs> the guy's name is still Leatherface. It's the same name. Oh man, I, that's just—it's <laughs> actually Pleatherface. Ah, uh, Neil. This is a no-kill zone, except for when, when do you want to hear this song? Well, I think this song can be experienced in two ways, either by yourself or at a concert. I either want to hear this walking my dog in the sunshine with it in my earbuds because it is a very like, you know, just solo song. You kind of, you know, you don't want to experience, you're not mm. like, you don't play it for many people, but it's great at a concert too. So you either want to hear it alone or with 50,000 people. Absolutely. Jonathan. So either alone or with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. Either alone or with a fucking huge crowd. Or with everybody. I don't want to hear it with yeah. five people, ten people, twenty people. One, either me either or alone fifty thousand. Most everybody. Right, right, right. Yeah. You don't want to um, be in a situation where you're like self conscious about it. You know, you don't want to be on a couch with like three people and like looking around like, do they like it? <laughs> you, you guys get it? <laughs> what have we become? What have we become? Come on, man? guys. Well, all right, we're getting into the conversation after this. All right, sorry, sorry, Jonathan. All right. <laughs> I. uh I hope I want to hear the song with you two next time fucking they come to town. I hope. Um, I want to hear the song uh, in a commercial. I think it'd nice. be great. I, th- I want to hear the song in a Can't. at a football game. It could be good, but they would cut it off about forty five seconds in, like they do with everything. Um, it'd be great in a basketball. Like it, it, it's great. It's that has that epicness. But if you look too closely at it, I don't know. There's a whole lot there, but it has a great ambiguous sense of significance so basically when al michaels throws it to commercial and the broncos are up 35 to 7 over the jets and they're like come on uh, either that or, or maybe in a porn it could be cool it could be cool in a porn. i, I, I want to hear this when i want to feel self-righteous uh no so that's why you always listen to it Every morning. <laughs> that's why every morning. That's your, that's your alarm clock. You're like, Josh, D- D- during, uh when, when I'm having sex, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking Josh Bond? <laughs> I'm just looking, looking in a mirror while I'm She's having, like, yeah, uh, I, wish it the, I, wish, I wish this put it in the two and a half minutes ago. <laughs> Who are we and what have we become? <laughs> Jonathan Horton, everybody. He'll be here all night. Um, <laughs> no, no. Like, it's, a, it's a powerful song, so... Really, anytime I could use pick me up uh, or at a live show. So yeah, um, at a live show under the influence, which is where we're heading right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Neil, what do you think this is influenced by? Influenced recommendations if people like the song. Well, cetera, like et Jonathan mentioned, I think it's influenced by arpeggios. <laughs> I think it has a U2 quality to it as well Just the build And um, kind of just how the, the edge never really plays a 
proper solo. Neither do my morning jacket. You know, it's just it's about texture and kind of tone. Um, I could send you some songs where they play proper solos, but sure. Okay, send send them on. Um, I think it also just my morning jacket in general has a jam sensibility. I can hear fish in the dead in this song, almost like Saint Stephen or like bouncing around the room, just kind of like arpeggios and <clears throat> yeah, soft building songs. I, I feel like it could have been a talking head song. It would have been a little more dissonant and kind of like monotone, but this this reminds me of that. Nice. Jonathan? It's like, it's you 2 the band, and the Beatles. It sounds like outtakes from one of their, yeah, we're not going to use this, but it, there's something there. We just haven't finished it. So I would say yeah. you 2 Gideon's Beatles. Bible. That would be a fish song. <laughs> hey, who's got a recorder? Let, let's... Fucking jot that down, Josh. That's Let's good. just do it. Gideon's Bible. It's in a drawer in my hotel room. In 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 fucking Rocky Raccoon. Yeah. Only to find, find Gideon's, Gideon's Bible. Bible. Um. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, all of that. I would say probably because of the producer. You know, maybe a little hint of the Benz and um, Floyd. My morning jacket was actually uh, played backup to Waters at Newport a couple years ago. So that's definitely another. Heavy influence. Like I said, this doesn't really have it. Some later stuff's lying in the family stone. But modern bands that kind of sound like this, I mean, uh, Future Birds, uh, Lord Huron, uh, Low Cut Connie are a couple that I I think take a lot from from My Morning Jacket. Band of Horses, Flaming Lips. Band of Horses is a a contemporary. But they're a contemporary. But whatever. Yeah, I I was thinking about that when I was listening to it. I'm glad you mentioned it. They, They remind me a lot. Very washy grandiose yes absolutely and i'll throw out and it's a build song so it, it, it reminds me of in the air tonight a little bit just because it's just it's building towards something it happens and then but you recognize kind of, the difference too though right uh not written i mean come on well, the I drums mean, I'd, change. I'd there are no hear... drums then there's a drum feel that everyone loves and then everyone that's the favorite everyone's favorite part of the song yeah, and which is, I, I think if anybody who likes this song, their favorite part is the payoff in this one, too. The come on. The loudest part. The loudest part. When it gets sure. the loudest. You can say loudest, but I would say the, the nicest I part. I figure if I talk louder, you'll think my point's more significant based on your assessment of the song. So that's why I'm talking louder than you. Wow, wow. Well, since, since, we're, uh, since we're getting heated, why don't we slide under the covers for a minute and... Uh, over the, under the influence. Over the line. Under the covers. Nice. Oh, over the covers. Now we're Over under. the line. <laughs> and um, there, 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 there's no covers of the song really. I mean, there's only different versions. Uh, Okanoko's is a live album um, by My Morning Jacket. It, it's great on the album. The Letterman performance from '06 is fucking great as well. Uh, did, do y'all have any others you heard? I, I had never heard the acoustic version. What is that from? Where it's just basically the same vocals, but it's over just acoustic guitar. I, I haven't heard that one. Um, it's on YouTube. Pretty cool. Um, I also. <laughs> I went on a deep dive. This guy named Kevin Digi um, did an experimental cover, um, and he had 58 views. So shout out Kevin Digi. Kevin Digi, how do you spell <laughs> Digi? Is that is that like Dingy? No, or it's D E D E E G E. So it could be Dij. It could be <laughs> Kevin Dij. Yes. Yo, Dij, what's up? Question. Question. Kevin Dij. Yes or no? I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes, yes. Kevin, Kevin Deej. But just Kevin Deege? No. Kevin Deege? Yes. Deege. Okay. Deege. 
Deej nuts. Deej nuts. Deej nuts. <laughs> but um, and we uh, haven't Deej de- de- juveniles. We've touched um, on it. We've touched on it a little bit. But that performance on Letterman with the Boston Orchestra is absolutely monumental. It's so good. Like abandon the two thousands of what you can do on late night television to kind of dress up in like tuxedos and like put on yeah. a full orchestra and and absolutely crush the song. It sounds just as good on that version as on the live absolutely. album. Absolutely. It's, it's and so just in saying that, if you don't know this song, if you like this song, go listen to the album Z. And also just they don't play live that much anymore, but if you ever have a chance to see this band live, they are phenomenal. And I must say, one of my favorite parts of that performance on Letterman is the way Letterman pronounces their name. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, my morning jacket. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> afternoon jacket. <laughs> or evening jacket. Or smoking jacket. Neil, does the shoe fit? It does. Uh, like a comfy pair of sandals. Uh, Jonathan? Shoe fits for about 60 seconds. And then I'm like, eh, doesn't fit. Then his, his bunions start No, start sandals burning. you wear all day. It's, it's like, <laughs> they look pretty cool. I try them on, and they... Are they... they no, yeah, they're, they're, so they're, you're at Foot Locker. They put them on your feet. You walk yeah. around, and you're like, these are super comfortable. And then you're like, well, no, no, something not wrong super with the You start doing like wind sprints. You're expanding. Lo- <laughs> you're like, I think they're going to work. I think they're going to work, and then they don't work. I'm going to say this fits like my Sundays best. Like the most expensive penny loafer. The most expensive penny loafer. That's what I used to wear to church, you know, when I went. Oh, yeah. uh, As a a child. Sweet. Penny loafers. I love how you brought the religious thing back, Josh. I'm very impressed by that. I'm I'm always bringing it around full circle. That's why you call me Josh. Uh, (laughs) What? It's not because that's your name. It's for... Do you remember that thing when when the, the fucking obnoxious dog... Thing like you know the fucking what was uh, it that triumph the insult yeah dog? Mm-hmm. He, he came up with somebody he's like do you accept Jesus Christ in your mouth and I was like that is terrible <laughs> <laughs> and yet pretty amazing Oof, that's brave <laughs> well on that <laughs> note we God <laughs> yeah, gave blasphemy to you <laughs> we are gonna play a cover of my morning jackets Gideon. <laughs> Gideon, what have you told us at all? Make a sound, come down off the wall. Religion should appeal to the hearts of the young. Who are you? What have you become? Something that we don't want 
The cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond and Neil Marsh. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple or iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen. If you'd like to reach out to us, um, you can find us at on Twitter and Instagram at Pod Gave Rock. Next week is Jonathan's week. What will we be discussing? We will be talking about Led Zeppelin's Traveling Riverside Blues. Damn wait! <laughs>